0: This is Not Often Heard with Gary Taylor and Mark Stockley.
1: Hello and welcome to Not Often Heard, the podcast. My name is Gary.
2: My name is Mark.
1: And my name is Alex. Hello, Alex. Welcome, because this is the first time you've been on our pod, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I've done the radio show with you a couple of times, but this is my first time doing the podcast. So oh. thanks for having me.
1: Oh, you're welcome. And so today we're here to talk about the Eurovision that never was. Uh Yes. Eurovision twenty twenty, which I, I think we're all a bit sad about, aren't we? That it's not taking place.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> quite a bit. You know, it's it's like the World Cup for us, you know, it's <laughs> We I think I think we put more more sh- we have more structure that we put into preparing for Eurovision than that we do into the rest of our lives.
1: So <laughs> that is true. There's a lot of so, lot of people yeah. put a lot of work in around this time. Certainly
0: for this show as well. Uh, you, Gary, you normally take the week off leading up to Eurovision, don't you? you take it off work yeah. Yeah. to do all the planning, putting out all the publicity for all the shows, doing all the show planning and everything. Uh, so you need that week to get everything done, don't you? I do, I have a week (laughs) off,
1: but it's not actually a holiday of a rest or anything normally. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about uh, the Eurovision programming that happened, uh, particularly on the Saturday night, really, uh, from the Beeb and the EBU as well. Uh, So we had, well, two main shows and a couple of shows at the periphery as well. Mm -hmm. So shall we start with the, the BBC show, which was Eurovision Come Together, uh, I'll come to you first, Alex. What did you think of this show from the Beeb?
2: I mean, I admit it's, it's it's not the same. It's not what I was expecting. I think it was kind. Of, it's a nice. It was a nice kind of. I guess a nostalgia moment because it was a lot of um, like the hits and a lot of mm-hmm. people's favourites. I think it was just kind of a nice. It was a nice kind of like, oh look, here's all these songs that we really like. Yeah, that we can sort of dance along to in our living rooms.
1: It was, it was good. Um, Mark, was it there, was there anything in particular that you liked about the show?
0: I particularly liked the format of the show, how it wasn't just a clip and how it wasn't just a performance. It was nice to see the full Eurovision performances of all these songs, but actually it was nice that they decided to, that we'd have our own little contest around all these, was it 24 different songs that yeah. experts and fans had picked. Yeah. Mm. I like that there was a contest element to it. Yeah. yeah.
1: It, it was really good. The fact that, as you said, they, it, it felt really familiar in the format mm. in that they, they dug up the postcards that were used for those particular entries at the time in the most part. So we had the con- the postcard and the performance as well. And it was the proper Eurovision performance. It wasn't just playing, you know, the, the actual video that was professionally yeah. released and stuff like that. Uh, so The fact that it was done in the very tight Eurovision format that was familiar meant that I think viewers could easily connect with it and it was kind of a bit of a shorthand. They could quickly get on board and understand how it was going to play out. So it was nice. What did you think, um, the mix of songs that we had, Alex? Was there anything particular that Mm. that stuck out for you on the list?
2: Well, I mean, everything from like the 90s onwards I've grown up with and like been listening to since I... First, started mincing my way into gay bars around Manchester, <laughs> so you know it was very. It's very much like the sa- the soundtrack <laughs> of my life, really. True. Like yeah. hearing all the songs, like hearing like um, Gina Gina G Gina and G. And, yep. and all that
1: Katrina, that, with Katrina,
2: Katrina. Katrina. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, like hearing all of those, it was just that was the thing. I think it was nice as well because you got a you got a real chance to see like how Eurovision had really changed. If you think about like going back from like how it was the like from when it started to how it is mm. nowadays. It's changed so much. From going to like this little these little tiny theatres where everyone's in like suits and dresses and the audience are all sitting and clapping (laughs) politely
1: it's all very polite and quite highbrow at at times isn't it
2: oh yes what was it
0: was it liz who said in the main show she commented there were all all the women there in their ball gowns and their first stoles (laughs)
2: yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) going from like that to like the super mega hyperforce rave that yeah modern eurovision becomes where everyone's there in flags and
0: Great, the massive and arenas short, yeah.
2: short skirts and feather boas <laughs> in big arenas
0: and that's just the men
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's just the men exactly
1: i thought it was nice that we got a, a decent mix um we had an some black and white stuff so we had a Italy from 1958, mm-hmm. with the song we were yeah. f- more familiar with, Valare. Uh, we also got um, some 60s entries in there, uh, in terms of um, France, uh, Gaul, Poupé de Cire, Poupé de Son, um, Smattering of 70s, and um, yeah. a couple of 90s songs. I felt okay. really the 80s was a bit un- underrepresented. Just
2: a bit. Um, yeah.
1: There was only Buck's Fizz from 81, really. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. But then you could also say the two thousands as well actually there's there's a whole decade there which I'm just looking at the list now, wasn't actually represented at all if I'm right yeah
2: like it had nothing I think yeah, like for me, I can't remember what year it was it might it might have been sort of two thousand ten I can't remember when was it that uh when did lordy win? uh two thousand six yeah yeah. Yeah, like I remember when that one—that was kind of people had a big moment about that because it was so different
1: mm. from
2: anything else that had. That's true, and yeah. I, and I think that would have been one to kind of add into the mix because it was because of how different it was. Mm.
1: But I guess this is what happens when you you throw it out to a jury, wasn't it? Which which they did—they threw it out to some sort of Eurovision celebs. Yeah, uh, Mel Roy, Cheryl Baker. Was Cheryl Baker in there? Possibly. I think Nikki, so, yeah. Nikki French was definitely in there. Yeah,
0: Suri um, was there, wasn't she? Rylan.
1: Yeah. And then also some 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 bloggers as well, some prominent bloggers. Uh, mm-hmm. So, kind of what you'd call people who are immer- hardcore fans who immerse themselves in the world yeah, of Eurovision.
0: Super fans. As apart from it yeah. just doing
1: part of a job. Um, so, I guess that's it. It wasn't necessarily designed that way. They didn't purposely ignore the 80s. It's just the way the voting went on the shortlist, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, for it so I'm not going to knock him for that at all Um uh, yeah I thought Graham struck a nice tone uh, he, he poked a little bit of gentle fun but he, he also treated it you know with the seriousness that it, it you know it it deserved as well uh, yeah and yeah it was nice to see that it wasn't because I think our, our worst fear when it was first announced was that it was going to be a, a clip show wasn't it where we go oh look at how funny all these Europe these Europeans are
0: yeah, it's kind of like, oh, aren't aren't we far superior? We don't do these sorts of things. But look how silly all these are. Yeah, and it wasn't that, and I'm glad.
2: I think as like fans, we tend to we tend to like the the silly and the campy and the weird ones a bit more. I think.
1: True, uh, we you know we, we do like we do like that, but we also appreciate the the, the quality music. You know, I'm not saying oh, that yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. quality.
0: I think. Um, the joe public probably sees eurovision as just being campy and cheesy and weird and odd whereas i think proper eurovision fans now actually see it as it's actually a serious contest you know there are novelty songs each year obviously but they rarely do well anymore and even if Hmm. something is a bit novelty there's always something kind of like quite Innovative and catchy, but it's like "Netta" from uh, twenty eighteen, you could argue that, oh, was a yeah. bit of a, that was a bit of a novelty song. But yeah. you know, she had that. It was it was done in such a good way. Yeah, it was, it's still a great song. But yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I think it was like the the lyrics were pretty clever. It had a very catchy tune, mixing sort of like the more modern with traditional music mm. styles in it.
1: Yeah, and you had I, think, the, I
2: think it just came along like at the right time.
1: Yeah, and you had the chicken dance that the kids could do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so, the other part of the show, uh, apart from that vote that was happening to decide yeah. um, <laughs> the UK's favourite Eurovision song, um, was a, a little montage of clips of people recreating Eurovision performances over the years, <laughs> uh, which I thought went down really well. It was rather wonderful.
0: It was great, wasn't it? Really uh, amusing. Some people put loads of effort into it, getting into yeah. cosplay and everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. So we had the epic sax guy, first of all. Yeah. Um, and we got Reback again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, Can't
2: get rid of that, man.
1: I'll let it go. I'll let it go. Uh, but you also got the original performers as well. Um, the epic yeah. sax guy was present himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Sonya as well. <laughs> Um, with a a little sax. Uh, We also saw, I believe it was Cheryl Baker with the kazoo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Also, Andy Abraham uh, with a Dyson. (laughs) Yeah,
0: blowing
1: into a Dyson. It was lovely to see that little montage. Uh, There was loads of Eurovision celebs as well. The next one was um, Lulu. And I spotted, um, obviously Sonia was there again, but yeah. we also had Lindsay Drakus from 2001, "No Dream Impossible," also oh, popped up, which was a massive surprise. Like, oh, it's Lindsay! That's amazing. <laughs> big, big throwback.
0: She was cosplaying as Lulu, wasn't she?
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh We also had the Russian Grannies as well. Which,
2: Ru- <laughs> anyone who did the Russian Grannies just like, it was just. Funny, yeah, stick
1: down. a tea towel on your head, and you're fine. You're good to go. Yeah, exactly.
2: Get out of there. Stick a red. towel. <laughs> uh,
1: that was awesome. That was fun. Uh, we also had Jedward as well, which obviously you know, with Waterline, featuring Jedward themselves.
0: Yeah. Cosplaying yeah, as cosplaying themselves. Cosplaying as Jedward. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking.
1: Uh, and it was really yeah. good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Um, and Scooch. Was my highlight. Uh, I it was I always like a bit of Scooch, so much fun, yes, we and obviously Scooch themselves made an appearance, <laughs> uh, which was nice. I also spotted somebody wearing a Heidi high yellow coat jacket, I <laughs> did
0: too, yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the lots of lots of uh, ping pong bats, uh, on, yeah. on show there. And then round us off, we had, um, oh, we had, uh, sorry, obviously Kano. Oh, yeah, in the yeah, sky,
2: yeah.
1: Featuring yeah. Kano themselves as well. Yeah.
2: And, um, after that, I think, was it Cliff, Cliff Richard, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, was uh, yes, that? we yeah. finished
1: with Cliff, uh, which had Michael Rice in there Yeah, uh, from last Wanted year. Him. Uh, they, they were just, it was packed. I, I'm just amazed at, at the ingenuity of the British public and getting behind it, uh, coming up with some lovely green screen effects and stuff like that. <laughs> It was great. Um, that was, I think, as, as a package, the whole thing was 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 great fun and far exceeded my expectations, to be honest. Yeah. It, it 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 was nice that we had a bit of fun. It was a bit of escapism for an hour and a half or so, um, and it was, I think, a worthy replacement for the actual contest itself on the night. Yeah. So let, let's move on to talk about the EBU show then, uh, which was Europe Shine a Light. So obviously we have talked on the on the radio shows before about how um, it it seemed like the Eurovision Come Together show was going to be the Beebs kind of highlight uh, and their kind of crown jewel of the night, getting the prime slot, and then the EBU show would be put on iPlayer and. I was one of those people that was sounding off, saying that's really disrespectful. Why are you doing this? You should be putting it front and centre, along with most of the rest of Europe. Stop stop being different. Stop being awkward. <laughs> In retrospect, do we think they made the right choice to bump Eurovision come together to an early slot and do Europe shine a light alongside the rest of Europe? Mark? I think, <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> I... I like Mark. I like Mark. Oh, okay. Um,
0: I, I thought, um, it was a very slick performance. Uh, that like show the whole shine light uh, show was, I thought the presenters did a really good job. It were, there were some truly wonderful moments. I loved the orchestral arrangements. I really liked at the end when all the artists came together, bar one. Did you notice there was one missing Gary? no, We'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh um but I can't help feeling that it was all a little bit too serious. I think they perhaps could have lined it a little bit. I do I appreciate they had had a very, very fine line to tread between be respectful to the current pandemic situation and not just completely glossing over it, but also trying to present something celebratory mm. uh i'm not sure they always were the right side of that line. Mm. that's all i'm going to say
1: <laughs> alex, alex what did you think <clears throat>
0: um
2: i mean i'm trying to but this is the best way possible um the way i thought about it is that with things being the way they are right now is that you know we all kind of need to support each other and show that we're all kind of looking at looking out for each other and standing up for each other and you know britain we've we've kind of had a few knocks with the european union what with recent with past political situations so we were already kind of in europe's bad books long before (laughs) long before the pandemic so i think it was nice it was a it was a nice way of if by highlighting it to show that, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever's been going on, whatever stuff's happened in the past, you know, we're still looking out for it for everyone mm-hmm. during these hard times. Yeah. So I, th- I thought that was a nice bit about it. Yeah. I think they could have, I think I, kind of, they could have, they could have made it a little bit more lighthearted, but mm.
1: yeah. Yeah. So, the, the 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 positives. I'll do some positives. So yeah. highlights for me, um, Molitva in, from Serbia, um, was basically a karaoke performance. I know, which is fine, but it's it was great. It, it was beautifully I'd rather shot.
0: Rather than a
1: remix of oh, so many acoustic remixes. I'm looking at you, Mons,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, from his home in An- Surrey. <laughs> Another one.
2: Another one we can never get rid of. <laughs> yes. Um, You're-
1: so I thought Molivo was lovely uh, yeah, on the streets yeah. of Serbia. Um, I thought, uh, in the same vein, Gali Atari wandering around uh, Jerusalem at night singing Hallelujah was beautiful.
0: Oh, it was lovely. Oh, oh yeah. Had they brought Junior Eurovision in with that?
1: Yes. It, and it was nice because Junior Eurovision is sometimes seen as the, the, the poorer cousin and yeah, didn't get as much attention. Get,
2: yeah, it tends to get overlooked quite a it, it quite does. a bit. It just like did. it wasn't. It wasn't until about like a few, like three years ago now, that I didn't even knew that there was a thing. Is <laughs> a, a thing as junior year of I didn't even know. Even though that was a thing until I started knowing, like you and Mark. So.
1: Yeah, it, it had a very low profile over here. The, the ITV broadcast it for a couple of years and then quickly dumped it when it wasn't pulling in the ratings, unfortunately. Um, but it's really raised its game. And you're absolutely right, Alex. Over the last couple of years, it's it's improved in quality and it is on a par with the adult show now, the amount of effort and how slick it is. It's, it's, so you're right. It's really nice that we had that nod uh, to it. And, and Jerusalem looks beautiful at night. It was It was so well lit and they had the drone footage and stuff like that. Yeah. Um what did you think of the uh, the love shine a light done on the orchestra and also the vocals?
2: Oh, that was beautiful. It I
1: think it was th- really good.
2: I thought that was really beautifully done. The
0: orchestral arrangement where they went all round the landmarks of Europe I thought was stunning. Uh, it was a little bit moving actually, you know. I mm. I'm not going to say it raised a tear or anything. Um but, you know, I thought it was really really well done. And it's like, we should start a campaign to get the Rotterdam Philharmonic Orchestra conducting and orchestrating for the show next year.
2: (laughs) Oh, that would be a good idea.
1: That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that went down really well. Uh, In terms of what didn't really work for me, I thought the tone was a bit wrong, as as you both have alluded to. um, I I saw on on Twitter some comments calling it the Eurovision funeral, and and I can't blame them for feeling like that. Mm. It, It was a very a bit downbeat at times the, the backing bed w- was was quite moody it 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 wasn't yeah. the kind of um happy escapist show that i think we were all expecting no um the, the it was a difficult format they they wanted to showcase all 41 entries from this year well you can't really do that by showing everybody in full because that's going to take up 2 hours alone yeah <laughs> Which is Too a much. lot in one night. And and for those who wanted it, they were shows on YouTube on the Tuesday and on the Thursday that um, did, a, did a, a, a sort of hour and a half programme where they showcased the songs that were in each semi-final plus mm. some of the direct qualifiers as well. And they were full-length videos with a little bit of content in between linked by one of the presenters. So that content was there if you wanted that. Yeah. Um, so I don't blame them for ignoring that and having a different format for this Saturday night show. No. But 30 seconds was that enough to get a feel for the song
0: it's literally Mm. a a taster isn't it it's like a little snippet and depending on which part of the song you they chose to play because it wasn't like they just picked the first 30 seconds because you know you've got to be careful you've got to pick the right 30 seconds so you do get the taste of what the the song is like and i thought it seemed like not all the 30 seconds that they picked were things like the chorus and stuff, which yeah. is what people like, like and know about most songs.
2: Yeah, that was a that was one of the disappointments for this year. Was that, um, you know, I think I've talked, because I'd been doing a lot of like, I'd looked at some of the other songs for this year, and one of the, and the country that I was really rooting for, and I talked, I think I talked about the song with you two before was uh, sweden's entry mm, the mamas the mamas like even when we'd watched Melfast, we, mm. like before you know i was really really rooting for that song even like going into eurovision so it's a bit disappointing to see that you know it's not going to
1: yeah, it's not going to go get through the, it. it's not... Get
2: the recognition I felt mm. it deserved.
1: Yeah, and, and I suppose it's even more disappointing knowing that those songs cannot be played next year on, on the Eurovision stage because um. they're not eligible. So it's got to be a clean sweep. So yeah. we are going to see a mixture of some new artists and some returning artists because each country is free to do what they want in terms of whether they want to carry their artist forward. But we know for a fact that places like Norway and, and Sweden have already said no we're having our national contests again yeah and oh. were, the best I, I suppose the best the acts can hope for is perhaps a ticket in one of the semis or directly to the final if they're very lucky but they've still yeah. got to fight it out with the rest of them on that wow well. um, so we had these 30 second clips and then it kind of cut into a little message from the artist yeah and this, this is where I think the kind of funeral tone <laughs> crept in a little bit <laughs> because of the constant references from the artists about what the pandemic, and, yeah. and I know they were trying some messages were positive and doing the whole we're going to get through this, you know, we'll look after each other, that kind of thing. But it felt like nearly every artist had to say something about the situation, and yeah. that's not yeah. what we want, I don't think, from a show like this.
0: No, I, th- I think they, I think potentially the artists were left up to their own devices to come up with uh their own message and i think Mm. perhaps they may have needed a bit more direction from the producers of the show saying you know we want you know make you know if you want to make a reference to the pandemic fine but we want this to be upbeat and celebratory so you know be happy and Mm. joyful and a lot of them weren't. A lot of them were just kind of like there, sat on, their, sat on their sofa looking very melancholy, thinking, isn't it terrible? We can't be together this year. Not in person, but we can be in our hearts if we choose to be. Sorry, I'm getting carried I, away now. I
1: think, it, I think at one point I said last night, one of them looks like he's being kidnapped and he's giving a message. <laughs> it did, not
2: <didn't> it, yeah? <laughs> I it
1: am, really am being treated did. well.
2: Yeah. It really did. And... L- Oh no! It was. It, so, was, a, it was a very strange. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, right. some, some were better than others, weren't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Daddy did a good one, as we talked about in the show earlier.
1: Yes, he, the, he, he green screened himself and copied himself five times over. Yeah. And harmonised with himself. <laughs> um, which I do. I do find it, it is rather wonderful, and I think they were perhaps on course to win the contest, maybe. Yeah, I what do you, think, do
0: you think I think Iceland were probably on course to win. Although, you know, we've seen that sort of favourite uh in the past really bomb on the night, so who knows?
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, look look at, at Kano last year. Hugely popular, mm. massive yeah. televote. But sadly the juries just didn't didn't click with them.
0: No. Yeah. The juries probably thought it was a bit old fashioned, I think.
1: Yeah. Um I feel, we know we've talked about, we knew to talk about Sweden a lot, but I felt Sweden perhaps would not have done as well as they had in previous years, just because much as I love the Mama song, and I really do, it's a bit of a, a rinse and repeat of last year's.
0: It was a bit John Lundvik again, wasn't yeah. it?
1: And of course you're going to get that. It's the same, it's the same group of singers. Yeah. Essentially. So of course it's going to feel yeah. like that. Um, so, yeah, all in all, uh, I think the Europe Shine a Light show um, had a difficult job, as you said, Mark. Yeah. Uh, had some great moments, uh, but perhaps the tone wasn't quite right or perhaps wasn't quite what we were expecting. And that's why um, a lot of people felt it was a bit more downbeat than yeah than it should have been. Yeah. Um, our other... Show last night was the A to Z of Eurovision, which was a new piece from the BBC again, where Ryland took us through the A to Z of some clips through Eurovision. Um, this was my favourite. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I unfortunately missed this bit, so.
1: Uh, well, you need to catch up on it on iPlayer. Um, I think it was really good in, in the balance of the clips and, and humour uh, that, that they employed. It was, a, you know, a traditional clip show. I think yeah. it was perhaps a bit more towards what we thought was going to be the main show they yeah, come together yeah yeah uh but not at all um th- this was um i think a nice affectionate look at the contest
0: yeah yeah.
1: and romping through this a to z and things like you know costume changes backing singers that that kind of stuff um gimmicks and we didn't get the same old clips wheeled out which i think was good there was a, b- a nice broad range of material there. yeah
0: and yeah, that's the thing. There was some new, well, obviously not new stuff, but stuff you don't see as often. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, the, and as I predicted in the Eurovision party show yesterday, um, we did see the stage invasion of Suri. Yes, we
1: did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which will yeah. make
0: its way into every Eurovision clip show eventually.
1: Oh, my God. That's true, and he was very brief. I think they they did well to cut around the fact that she really looked quite terrified uh, when this this man snatched the mic. Um, So they they did well, I think, to cut around that. And I thought Ryden struck a nice balance uh, between being respectful of the show but also pointing some gentle humor and some gentle fun being poked at it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I almost feel like he's being groomed as a successor to Graham. (laughs) <laughs> but If Graham should want to step down at any point, I, d- I certainly don't think Graham's in any danger of being forced out. No, uh, he's no. incredibly popular. He's the only commentator that got on the the EBU love, uh, Europe Channel Light Show.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Which um I've seen some comment on Twitter today. People saying, "Well, why was he? You know, getting a spot no other commentate- commentator did." And somebody rightfully pointed out and said, "Well." His show is actually shown in a lot of countries across Europe because of the kind of A-list guests he gets. Uh, the Graham
0: Norton yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah. He, he actually yeah. is fairly well-known across a, a, a large chunk of, of Europe. Yeah,
0: he is. He is. He's um, right there, actually.
1: So, you know, he's a great ambassador in that respect and a familiar face. That? Yeah. Mm. Um, so, final thoughts as we bring this pod to a close. I mean, it was never going to live up to expectations, was it, I guess, because it's not Eurovision proper. No. um but was it a good night's entertainment
2: oh i certainly had fun yeah i would have said so i think it was it was a nice kind of it, look at you know what we all really enjoy about eurovision and
1: yeah you know. and, and and you know and all kudos to the Beeb. they put out a lot of content this year, yeah, they went to a lot of effort to provide Eurovision programming. lasted from about five thirty when Pointless started, yeah, um, right through till midnight when the Top of the Pops uh, Eurovision show on BBC Two finished. Uh, and on top of that, there was stuff on iPlayer. There was stuff being played across Radio Two uh, yeah. across the week as well. There was so much content. You you really can't say that the B don't support Eurovision. Yeah. okay they may not you know put the effort that that sweden norway denmark do or whatever international final uh but in terms of eurovision content they they chuck a lot more out than people realize i think
0: yeah i think so too
1: and they have to be applauded for that they they did go out of their way to create new content for us this year which a lot of other countries just haven't been able to do didn't no yeah yeah so okay you know it wasn't proper eurovision but I think it was all right overall. It was a nice evening's entertainment, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I always say that part of the fun of Eurovision is we all get together as well, and we, you know, spend time in each other's company. We have a laugh and a giggle, um, and yeah. it was nice that even though we weren't in person last night with each other, we did do video calls and everything, didn't we? Yeah. So we, it,
1: yeah.
0: we were we were in the room with each other so virtually.
1: You could say what you could, say, fun of, well, you could half, say. We we did come together. Yeah, did that.
2: <laughs> Yeah, half, half, half the fun for Eurovision, I think, for a lot of us is the sense of community and like being with your friends and you know, having a few drinks, having some food, and mm. watching yeah. some nice campy entertainment. Exactly,
1: right. So that brings us to the end of our Eurovision 2020 podcast, which isn't the podcast we expected to be doing, to be honest. <laughs> uh, we thought we'd be spending an hour probably dissecting the results and yeah. going through the stage shows. It's not quite worked out like that, but it yeah. was still all right. Um, yeah. So we look onwards to 2021 and what Rotterdam will bring us because it's going to be over to them again. They're, they're, it's all been officially confirmed now that Rotterdam is hosting next year. What format that's going to be, we don't really know, I suppose. No. Anything in particular you guys hope we get?
0: I hope we actually get a competition in some form because obviously we've talked before about the uh, notice that the Netherlands put out last year that they were going to still be banning large gatherings mm. until a uh, vaccine had been found for COVID 19. So I think that still throws up a lot of questions about the format of next year's contest. So i am just like a contest in some form or other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, remains to be seen. Yeah. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed our look back at the 2020 Eurovision programming. We do hope you'll listen to some of our other podcasts. There are plenty out there and there will be plenty more coming. Until next time, is goodbye from me.
0: And goodbye from me.
1: And from me.